0: Welcome to the Potluck Podcast, back on the front porch. Huge episode for you today, both in quality of content and length. Uh, bye week for the Tigers, so we'll check in on some other areas of the state, some of the big stories around the state, and a new segment with special guest Joseph
1: Sanders. Let's get <laughs>
0: right into it. listening to the potluck podcast, the official unofficial podcast of commerce football. And welcome back to all of you. Thank you for listening to the potluck podcast. Obviously excited to have a new episode for you today. Uh, thank you to our theme music, as always, for the violent transition uh, on this <laughs> podcast that's nearly zero editing. Mr. Song, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Uh, we're out here late tonight, out here on the front porch. I think this is the latest we've
2: ever recorded
0: at, like, nearly 10 o'clock. I'm telling you right now, this is either going to be the best podcast we've ever done or the worst. joke. <laughs> Joe. Joseph Sanders joining us today. What's going on?
3: Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Long time, long time, long loser. time first time. <laughs> yeah, long time first time. Uh, Sometimes I'm a fact checker, so You gotta be careful. Yeah. With him. he's pretty loose and he fast, gets fa- truth
0: over there. He does you know get not? he gets fast and loose. There's no doubt. <laughs> Joe's been uh, Joe's been been fact checking songs since the beginning on this podcast. So uh, I'm sure we got him here tonight. We may get some fact checks tonight. Well, who knows? Know. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> so as we always do, we'll start off with where we left off. Last Friday night in Ray Lamb Stadium, the Tigers' offense exploded, rushed for 557 yards. Three players over the century mark, Trey Huff, uh, Sammy Brown, and Draylon Martin. Uh, Tylen Brock was just shy of 100 at 96, all four of those finding pay dirt twice. Uh, That was the overall takeaway, but we'll dig in a little bit deeper here. Um, First quarter, the Tigers started out hot, got out to a quick 21-0 lead. Second quarter was mostly Elbert County getting back into the game. Scored after a drive to end the first, and one of the first plays of the second to make it 21 to seven. Soon after that, a pick six really get them got them right back into it, 21 to 14. One thing we liked in the second that I know Sean you're going to talk about it a little bit more mm-hmm. the the Brown Brock Martin lineup mm-hmm. in the backfield. We really liked that one. We saw yeah. it a lot in the second quarter. Um, one that 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 you'll, you'll touch on once I get done here. But uh, Huff capped a drive to make it 28-14 to there early in the second quarter. Elbert scores on a 45-yard pass play. He made it 28-21. to Obviously a lot of back and forth going on here in the second quarter. Uh, we were we were kind of lighting it up on Twitter. Ensuing <laughs> kickoff, Commerce called for the block in the back, and so it started them on their own 10 uh, with about four left in the half. Uh, the Tigers were able to move it out of the shadow of their end zone and out to midfield. And ultimately into Blue Devil territory where Diaz attempted the long field goal, which did miss to the right to end the half. But that was a huge drive right there to get it out of their own end zone all the way out and and, and not give it right back to Elbert with a chance for them to tie it. So Elbert did receive the second-half kickoff, but we had a big interception from Gavin Dolly, really shifted momentum there. Um, Draylen Martin took it 30 yards two plays later, made it 35-21 to 21 Tigers. Elbert would not go away easily though. Uh, they had a nice drive after going down 14 that ended with a Blue Devil touchdown right in front of the Green Tiger eyes there. 35 to 28 Tigers at that point. Tigers returned the favor with a nice drive, big third down conversion from Martin near near midfield and then a beautifully executed counter play for Sammy Brown. He scored from 45 yards out, made it 41 to 28 after a Tigers uh, the Tigers excuse me the Devils blocked the PAT. Elbert goes three and out the next drive. And that's where we started the fourth quarter. The Tigers go on another nice drive capped by a Huff keeper. Two-point conversion goes to Martin, 49-28 commerce. This is when we really started to pull away here. Uh, Huff intercepted one late in the fourth quarter, so he got it done on both sides of the ball on Friday night. That's Trey Huff, of course. Uh, Tigers chew on the clock before Brock busts a big one down the right sideline. Outrun a few Elbert defenders on that one, which was awesome to see <laughs> uh the p a t unfortunately blocked again uh so fifty eight to, or excuse me fifty five to twenty eight was the final The Tigers win the third game of the season makes them three and one uncle Son, what did we see out there friday night so uh Friday night, like i always say it it was it was fun
2: to be at Lamb stadium um you know we we got out there and there's a good crowd um we saw some friends. You know, some guys that we grew up with came to the game. It kind of felt a little bit like homecoming, um, so it was really fun. Um, one thing you said that I did want to touch on: um, I saw the statistics were a little conflicting. Uh, I, you said I, I saw that too. I got five five seven, but it was five, seven, five, six, eight. Five, six, 8 Total Two different rushing yards had different things, yeah, which is odd. Um, but I, I saw that we had the most rushing offense ever for a Commerce team in any game. 568 Which yards. Which is
0: super impressive. And I think... the offense.
2: Right. And I think um, the the conflict there was Brock's total yardage because it, in the, the stats that I got, Brock had 106 total yards. So we had four different players with over 100 yards rushing. Well, that would be five.
0: Five? We would have had five because we had Huff over the century mark, Sammy, Draylen. Oh, yeah, you're right, four. So <laughs> Tylen would have been the fourth. Yeah,
2: Tylen would have been the fourth. So... Um I I thought Man, that was. I'm getting awesome. fact checked. <laughs> <laughs> Math is on our We're off to a bad start here. It's late. uh, but yeah. <laughs> I, I thought the offense played really well. I first off, I want to apologize to all of our listeners. Uh last week I predicted that this game was going to be a defensive struggle. I thought it was gonna be a twenty fourteen game. Um great call, by the way. It was not. I also said that Elberton Or, excuse me, Elbert was a big team. When we got there uh, at the game and when I watched it on film later this week on WJJC, Elbert really wasn't as big as I thought. Like, uh, Commerce actually may have been bigger on the line of scrimmage than Elbert. So, just a couple things I wanted to amend there from last week. Uh, But, yes, you were right. We had an action-packed offensive shootout. Uh, if my math stands, we had 83 total points scored between the two uh, teams, but it was a, a tight game all the way up to the half. I think you said that it was a 28 to 21 game. Yeah,
0: really back and forth at
2: the half. Uh, really felt like Overcanyon was in it, and that pick six kept him in it. Yeah. Um, you know, we were we were really fired on all cylinders on offense, but they were keeping up to that point. Um, I think a lot of that could be accredited to Reuben Haynes. I think he called a really good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talked about that in our last uh, last week's episodes. How he, former Tiger great, Reuben Haynes, is now the OC over there in Elbert County. But I, I think he caught a good game. And number five from Elbert, I wanted to give a shout out to him, CJ Tate. He's a bigger back. Um, he played a good game. Uh, I saw that he, he had some good runs and, and caused some problems for the Tigers. But ultimately, Commerce played better, and Commerce won the night. And it was a great night of high school football up there at Ray Lamb Stadium, uh, you, you talked about and you mentioned how everybody that we wanted to see in the backfield at one time was in the backfield. And, and no disrespect to Michael Sherman, we've I've been a huge Michael Sherman stan for a long time because I think he's a great blocking back. I think he's a great defensive player. I think he's a great special teams player. But to see all-state Tylen Brock out there on the field with freshman Phenom, Sammy Brown, powerhouse running back, Draylon Martin, and quarterback, trey huff that's that's the combo that we want and that's the combo that we're really excited about seeing as we go forward i think we all we talked about before the show we've got four different classes represented there yeah with uh brock being a senior yeah uh draylon being a junior uh huff being a sophomore and sammy being a freshman so there's a lot of promise in that backfield um so we're really excited about that. And the cool thing is that all three of those guys in the fullback and slotback position rotated positions. So they have an understanding of each position. We saw Sammy at fullback. We saw uh, Draylon at slotback, Tylen at fullback. So this is that was really cool um, and really encouraging for the rest of the season to see our offensive flexibility. Also wanted to give a shout-out to the Hogs. Um, as a former yes. Commerce offensive lineman, I know me and Joe can appreciate this. Hogs love
3: the mud. Hogs love the mud, and they these boys the got
2: after it on Friday night. Uh, Bo Childers, Peyton Freeman, Lambden Hardy, uh, Gaddis, and Suber, and then tight ends uh, David King and Steely. They got uh, the statewide offensive line of the week by the Georgia High School Football Daily Newsletter. So that's a big honor that they received. I want to give them a congratulations. Yes, give them a clap. Uh, Because to to say that you have the most rushing yards in a game in commerce football history,
3: that's a big stat. Do we know when the previous record was?
0: Had to have been one of the Monte games, right? As first hit I didn't to mind. know if yeah. it
3: was, I didn't know if it was when Ruben played against Base County in 07. So oh, that is yeah, a record that we had
0: an eye on because was that total
3: offense. Is that that almost, was total
0: points scored. The total Current point Elbert scored. County
3: offensive coordinator.
0: Current Elbert County no. offensive coordinator Ruben. That was Pains. the most points scored in Tiger. Well, right. Ray Stadium, Tiger Field. So when we were there Friday
2: night, we were keeping an eye on that because the score of that game was, it was 55 to it 40. Like we were getting there, and we thought that we may score more points in that night than that game. That made. may have just
3: been total offense, not rushing yards. When yeah. When Friday was rushing. Through. Right. Right.
2: right. Um, but congrats to those guys. Um, I did want to talk about the defense a little bit because I think the defense played a really good game too. It kind of gets overshadowed because there were 28 points scored. Seven of those weren't on the defense.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but we saw a lot of pressure Friday night. I think that uh, Elijah Burns had a great game.
0: Man, he's been a great player this year. Yeah, um, he, he's really
2: tough and strong. Um, I, I heard WJAC make the comment that he was one of the strongest players on the team this year, and you can see that when he goes to make a tackle, his hands are like lead. Like, he just pulls people down. Um, we also saw uh, good play from Fradys and Childers, um, defensive pressure, and then uh, – I believe it's Jack Fagan. Fagan is what I had written down, but he's he's a younger player who's come on the scene, number 19. He had some good QB pressures as well. Um, had interceptions by Huff and Dolly that helped us out, but I think the secondary was really aided in their, their defensive coverage by the pressure from the defensive line and the linebackers. So it was, it was really good all the way around on Friday night. To see that because I think it gives us a preview of what the Tigers could do in the playoffs. Because I think Elbert County is a pretty good um, team to to base on what we're going to see in the playoffs. like Based on the players that they have. For sure.
0: Yeah, and and you touched on uh, Jack Fagan. uh, Jack. Yeah, Jack Fagan. Uh, A brief fun fact about the Fagan family. (laughs) Kevin Fagan, uh, former NFL player, defensive end. He played from... 1986 to 1993 for the 49ers. Uh, If you know anything about the NFL, 86 to 93 for the 49ers, that's a pretty good time to be playing for for San Francisco. (laughs) Played with Montana and Rice, of course. Won a couple Super Bowls. Uh, He also played for the U in the early 80s. So, Mr. Fagan uh, has got some football pedigree. Yeah, that, that's Jack's dad. Right? That's Jack's dad. Yeah. Wow, I did not know that. That's, <laughs> that's yeah. pretty impressive. Pretty, pretty crazy. He's got. Um, he's he's actually the new head softball coach at Emanuel, and uh, he's got some daughters that play D one softball. If I'm not mistaken. So athletic family. Yes.
3: And Jack Fagan is which class now?
0: Sophomore, I think sophomore? he's a sophomore. I think he's a sophomore. That so. is a very impressive pedigree. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be something to watch for his career because he yeah. looks like he's coming on. So played a good game Friday night. He did. Um, we do have before I get to lose, you play play the game. <laughs> I mean, we got a Sanders in the building. <laughs> one one of the things that Joe pointed out to us is you're not you're not going to get this anywhere else, folks. So Joe, go ahead, and take it away.
3: Yeah, the the trivia question that I thought of last week was Elbert County versus Commerce this past Friday. may have been the first time two towns with a Sanders Furniture have played each other since Commerce versus Buford in 2001. I wouldn't take that to the bank. It'd be really hard to fact check, but, um, yeah, I I believe that's the first time since 2001.
0: Listen, we're not going to fact check it. (laughs) Nobody knows Sanders Furniture better than, than, you know, than Joe over here. Maybe Dave, but that's about it, so... Uh, we won't get too far into uh kind of like what we can improve on and and what looked good and that kind of thing. You know, we got a bye week, so we'll dig into it next week a little more when we get back on on schedule and uh talk about what where the Tigers uh need could it could improve and and where we what we really liked. So we'll we'll talk more about that next week. We got plenty to go in this episode today. Uh I'll get right into results from around the state. I'll start with Region 8A. Green County loses to Hancock Central 42-3. to three. Green County falls to 0-3 on the season. Lincoln County improves to 3-1 after defeating Laney, 13-7. Social Circle falls to 1-3 after getting blanked by Putnam County, 45-0. To uh, Towns County lost a close one to Mount Zion, 21-20. To Towns County moves to 2-2 on the year. Washington Wilkes improves to 2-0 on the year after whooping up on Warren County, 34-0. to They will face Elbert County this week in a game that we will cover later on. Song, what you got?
2: Yeah, we're kind of getting a feel for the region here, and you can almost see the playoff seating. You can see that the region's going to come down to Commerce and uh, Washington Wilkes or Lincoln County most likely. Yeah. Uh, that fourth spot may be firmed up by Towns County. You look at Towns County, they've got a 2-2 and record right now. They lost to Murchie in a one-point game earlier in the season. I believe it's a 10-9 game. And then now uh, they lose to Mount Zion, which is a a school in West Georgia, uh, public school, single A, uh, by one point. So Towns is putting up a fight. I think they'll make a strong lobby against Greene County, who's really struggled, uh, and Social Circle, who's struggled also uh, for that fourth spot this year in the playoffs. Uh, right.
0: I mean, I, I think if you're at a power rank region 8A right now, you got three teams, and I'll just put them in alphabetical order. you got Commerce, Lincoln County, and Washington Wilkes. Mm-hmm. I mean, those, those are your three teams that are going to decide the region. Right. Then you got Towns fitting in at fourth, and then Greene County and Social are off to disappointing starts. Yeah. Uh, I do want to point out a common opponent, so, uh, just because we haven't really... This is kind of the only thing we have to go off of, with it being high school football. Not mm-hmm. a whole lot of statistics out there, but Westside Augusta. So Westside defeated Greene County 45-7 to to kick off the year. They went on to lose to Lincoln County by one point. And then they lost to Warren County by 12. So if you remember what I just said, Washington Wilkes beat Warren County 34 to nothing. Warren County beat Westside by 12. Mm-hmm. Lincoln beat Westside by one.
2: So that kind of gives you an idea. I mean, we're,
0: we're connecting a lot of dots yeah. as far as, like, who played who. Yeah. That's, you can't, it's tough to play it's that dangerous. game. But... If you just look strictly at results, Washington Wilkes looks, looks to be head and shoulders above everyone else. And it, and it's, you know, it, it's kind of the best we have to compare. I don't like doing game to game because yeah. you never know what was going on, especially this year with COVID. You don't know whether you had mandatory quarantines mm-hmm. from, from Warren County or what you had going on. But at this point, I would say Commerce, Lincoln, Washington Wilkes, yeah. uh, top three in the region. We got our first car of the night, baby. <laughs> our first car of the That's night. That's a sedan? Might be the cops. No, that's like a hoopty. Undercover baby. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't finish this pod, you'll know why. Single A public top ten. Number one, Brooks County defeats Cook twenty-five to twenty. As we mentioned last week, Cook previously knocked off Irwin County, so looks like Cook's a tough ball team yeah. uh this year. Number one, Brooks County stays undefeated twenty-five to twenty. Number two, Metter defeats Savannah Country Day thirty-five to seven. Number three, Macon County blanks Marion County, thirty-eight to nothing. Number four, Sly County. Unfortunately, they they drop one to Taylor County, thirty-three to fourteen. So a big come down after the win over highly rated Wilcox mm-hmm. County. Well, we'll see how they fare or how far they fall in the polls uh, later on in this episode, and how much stock the pollsters will put into Taylor County as well. Irwin County checks in at number five, even after the disappointing 0-2 start. They picked up their first win on the season after trouncing Wilkinson County 44-0. Number six was Clinch County. I believe they had to cancel their game to a COVID-19 outbreak at the school. Uh, I did some research on this. It was kind of hard to find. I checked around their Facebook and Twitter account. It seems like this situation is a little bit different from what we've seen at other schools. Uh, They closed the school for two weeks and are attempting to return this week. Um, And just to... I was listening to a – I mean, I'm not sure if the, the quotes usually come out of this guy, but I was listening to <laughs> Lane Kiffin talk about <laughs> – talk about – so preseason ball in the SEC, he talks about how coaches exchange, you know, and, and even like media when he's talking to people. It's like, you know, how big are you? How fast are you? How strong are you? That's kind of like your three things every year that, mm-hmm. like, you rattle off. And he said this year, like, the the first thing everybody talks about is – how are you keeping your kids socially distanced? How are you keeping their mask on their face? How are you? Because all these things, I mean, even at the high school level, yeah. I mean, it's it's you'll see it in the college level more, but on the high school level, if you play a big game and all of a sudden you got four or five kids that need to quarantine that are starters, it, I mean, that's gonna that that'll that could kill you it's depending on who it is. So yeah. especially um, at the Class A level, yeah, when you got kids playing both ways, yeah. and I mean, he he was mentioning it as like. You know, if my running back goes to a party or something, you know, does something stupid, whatever, gets in a big crowd, and all of a sudden now your quarterback's probably got a quarantine, now your entire backfield's got a Mm -hmm, quarantine, mm -hmm. and what if you're playing Alabama? Yeah. I mean, that can – so that's where he said the conversation's been this year in the SEC. So I thought that was interesting and kind of wanted to to put that in there. Uh, It seems like Commerce is doing a great job, by the way. Yeah. uh, As far as what we're at. So we're at number seven checking in. Commerce Tigers, we talked about our win over Elbert County. Number eight was Wilcox County. They defeated Johnson County in Wrightsville, 14-7. to seven. <laughs> My God, a freshman. Number nine, <laughs> Dublin was scheduled to face Wheeler County, but was forced to postpone due to quarantine from exposure to COVID-19. There it is again. Uh, Dublin seems to be kind of ha- in the same situation as Clinch, um, based on what I've researched with them. Number 10 was Charlton County. Unfortunately, they lost to McIntosh County, uh, the boys from Darien, at home. And will likely fall back out of the top ten. So some teams that may move in, uh, Taylor County might move in. Again, we'll we'll check on that uh, later this episode. Anything to add there, Song, from the top ten? Just a whole lot of South Georgia right there. That's what, uh, and we got an interview, our second interview, phone interview coming up later, and it's our good friend TB from South Georgia. And I kind of I mentioned that in the uh, in our interview is like, in single A public, it's a bunch of South Georgia and Commerce. Yeah. <laughs> that's that, that's your team. That's who's good. So uh, I'll get right into other scores that we had uh, mentioned and, and what we wanted to find out. Bates County over Lumpkin County, thirty-seven to zero. They find a way to get their first win of the year uh, over Lumpkin County. Buford found revenge against Clark Central, <laughs> forty-seven to zero. Annihilation. Did they ever? <laughs> <laughs> I think that one was circled on their calendars. Gilmer <laughs> defeats East Jackson, twenty-eight to nineteen, over you know, on the other side of Commerce. Franklin County, I guess that's Commerce. Could be Nicholson. Well, let's get well, the, no, a let's big get the postman. Let's get the postman. Oh, let's, let's, what right. the expert What's the official post office review of East Jackson High School?
2: So there's a huge debate on whether East Jackson is a Nicholson place or a commerce place. According to the Postal Service, it's on Hoods Mill Road, mm-hmm. which is on Route 5 in commerce. It's delivered by commerce. But most people who go to East Jackson identify as living in Nicholson <laughs> or South Jackson. So there's a little bit of an identity crisis. Well, I would agree
3: with you there that the school is in Commerce, but the students are mostly from Nicholson.
2: Yeah, so they're kind of the redheaded stepchild of the Commerce of community. <laughs> like we don't want to acknowledge that they're in
3: Commerce, but they really are. And we will have more on East Jackson later.
0: Franklin County wins. <laughs> yes. a, Franklin County wins a close one against the Panthers from Jackson County, fourteen to thirteen, to continue their undefeated start at four and zero. Uh, we heard that there were some players out for Franklin County due to mandatory quarantines after exposure to COVID nineteen. So good to see them to grind it out and get the W there. Uh, don't have the stat for you this week as far as when Franklin County last time they started four and O, but it's earlier than 1983. That's for sure because 1983 was, oh, was year, Yeah, was the year they started three and O last. <laughs> they have never I'm not started sure if they started four and in 1983. But Lincoln County defeated Laney as mentioned 13 to seven in Lincolnton. Lowndes County routes Lee County. in a battle of number twos in 7A and 6A. Unfortunately for Saun, his Madison County Red Raiders (laughs) fell flat up at Tacoa to Stevens County, 44-13. Stevens has bounced back nicely. Three straight wins after losing to White County out of the gates. They'll face Habersham Central this Friday in a game that we'll cover later on in the pod. Northview is crushed by Jefferson. Uh, The folks from across the river beat those guys 40-7. Prince Avenue is victorious against Holy Innocence. 35-25, thirty five to twenty five they're going to face undefeated Wesleyan this friday night um some, one thing to note about Prince is kind of they, they seem to schedule have a pretty tough schedule out of, out of the mm-hmm. gates um you think that'll be a de factor and kind of determine the region there with Adams Academy goes the other route. they kind of have play an easy schedule
2: well, they played us,
0: you know <laughs> we were the hardest team that they'll play yeah and until they play Prince easily I, right
2: yeah, and I think Prince. You know, Prince is kind of taking the route that Commerce usually does, and that mm-hmm. we play a tough non-region Steve schedule. Up, you know. Right, right, right. That's that old mentality that we're gonna we're gonna figure out who we are in non-region, so that we can be who we are in the region. Right,
0: and um, the playoffs too. Yeah. The
3: playoffs.
2: Right, and then the playoffs. So um, Athens Academy has traditionally not done that, and I I think that shows in the playoffs is that Athens Academy has has some early
3: exits. In the playoffs,
2: but we'll, they
0: get to the point to where they face a team that's
3: there's something is to be said for like finding out who you are before you face tough competition, yeah, right. When it when it doesn't necessarily
2: ma- it matters. For, but I mean, does commerce
0: us playing Adams Academy was a much bigger test than I think you know. I mean, so we we, we bounce back and play Elbert the next week, right? Yeah, and whereas Adams Academy goes and you know, I mean, I don't know. It's just different ways to look at things. I think Prince's schedule out of the gates is going to be a factor.
2: I think so too, but I, I think they did that because eight a private, other than Athens Academy and Prince, and arguably Athens Christian this year, is a weak region. Yes, you've got Providence, or uh, Loganville Christian and one other school. It's not Providence because I think they're in seven a private now. But um, it's it's a weak region. Yeah. So if so you're it, confident
3: Prince Avenue is going to make the playoffs, if you're Prince Avenue's coach, yeah, you do want that hard opponent, right. Since you don't even get in
0: region, you want to be tested and you right. want right. to know right. what you have. Right. I right. mean, you see them playing Raven County, and this was a close one. Mm-hmm. I mean, being in, there's something to say about being in close ball games too. There is. Yeah. Like finding a way to how how do you win? Okay, your back's against the wall, a tie ball game. All right, go win. You see who's really it? a player. There is no right.
3: one size fits all, but I feel like right. Prince is probably taking the right approach. To right, their
0: season needs to be. We'll see. Uh, we'll see Prince and Athens Academy later this year. Obviously, we're looking forward to that one. Uh, obviously, big respect to both of those programs. Raven County outguns Bremen forty-eight to thirty-four. A lot of a lot of points on the board over in Bremen. Colquitt County bottles up Valdosta and wins at twenty-four to ten in the return of rush probes. <laughs> uh, Quarterback Jake Garcia did not play. Uh, we, we'll see, we'll see uh, TB from South Georgia come on. We'll talk heavily about that one and, and Jake Garcia in our interview with him. Uh, so if you listened last week, you'll or maybe it was two weeks ago when we talked Jake Garcia. I think it was last week. So I, I remember you mentioning how a Southern California boy, <laughs> how in the world does he fit in when he's dropped in about Austin, Georgia? How about this tweet from September 26th? And I quote, I need to go fishing. <laughs> wow. Listen. Oh, he's been listening
3: to the pod. Listen.
0: <laughs> I and it's it's just like I said it. I, I need to go fishing with the A on the end of need. I mean that's he's right, he's at home. He I is think. Assimilated into listen, he's assimilated in the Listen, he's he's here now. He he's might home. Sh- I mean he might never go back to USA, who knows? <laughs> he might just turn into like a fishing guy in Okie Fanoki Swamp or something. <laughs> Warner Robbins defeats Northside Warner Robbins 47 to 0. White County and Star quarterback J. Ben Haynes keep their winning ways. 28 to 21 against Habersham. They've in the battle. They got something going on there. They do. So so we we talked about we talked this one up how it was going to be a big game. Uh like I said 28 21 the final there. Uh Battle for the Hooch. I like to call it the Battle of Helen. Even though, <laughs> even though Helen's firmly in White County it just seems like those two schools should be playing for Helen all the fudge all the funnel cakes <laughs> white county 4 and 0 for the first time since 1975 wow that is crazy great start uh, to the year for the boys up in cleveland i'm telling you i'm i'm pulling for them man i, 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 I hope they i hope they keep doing this cuz i watched some of J. Ben Haynes' highlights and man that kick and play i think they
2: snuck into the rankings this week too they're at uh maybe that was last week they were in week. last they week number 10. 7 i think 10. they're
0: are well no they they're up to 7 they they were number 7 this past week they're number 6 this week so it'll no be interesting orders. to keep following them. That might be our second team uh, this year up in <laughs> Georgia. So uh, I've been, you know, teasing it a little bit. we got a second interview in pod history coming up right now. It's a good buddy from South Georgia. He's joining us to chat a little bit and shed some light on Garcia, Rush going back to Moultrie, and all things uh, South Georgia ball. So here's our guy, TB, from South Georgia. So the big news down there kind of right now, I guess, go ahead and, and get it out of the way early is the, all the Jake Garcia stuff that's going on. Um, so kind of from what we've been talking, we've talked about it the past couple of weeks on the show. Uh, but since the ruling came in this week, we thought we were going to bring you on and get you to talk about it a little bit. Uh, so what we know, it, and, and you can tell me if what else we don't know, but the GHSA opened an investigation at kind of after the ESPN article with quotes from Jake's dad about dissolving their marriage. So Jake could fit in the GHSA, uh, eligibility requirements. And then he had plans to remarry following the season. And it seems like if he hadn't said anything to ESPN, he'd still be playing. No. I'm kind of with you on that
1: one. Um, is the way the eligibility stuff works, when a kid comes in and the kid enrolls, there's a bunch of paperwork through the school that they have to get together um, to basically determine whether or not the kid's eligible. So when he moves in, and it says he moves from out of state, dad's with him, it's in a, uh, a legal separation. Um, you know, I would imagine, based on that, you know, if we had a kid, down here that that happens to, I would imagine he would be eligible now, you know, once dad comes out and says, look, we didn't all move as a family. We only separated to get by through the, through the rule. You know, that, that's kind of one of those things where if he never says anything, you never know if he pops back up. Um, unless somebody else goes to turn him in. Now I'm sure there ain't no telling between all the schools down there that they're rivals with, who possibly could have turned them in if that's the case. But if I if I had to guess, I, I think it would all started up when Dad did that article, and I hate it for the kids. Um, and Dad probably wasn't trying to sabotage it either. But, you know, regardless of the fact if they've got a legal separation, and it's legal, and Dad's got custody, then, he, then you know, he, he should be eligible.
0: Right. Yeah, I saw where they reopened it because of that and i guess that you know who however they found out whether it was the espn article or they had somebody whistleblowing down there but and it seems like i, I still don't get why he's not eligible i guess it, based on the rule is because cause they they kind of quoted some bylaw about the whole the entire parental unit has to be moving to the school district but if they're legally divorced i mean I I guess I I mean I guess that's where the appeal process comes in. I mean, how's that? You think well, I, you think they'll win? I think too. I'm I'm sorry. Go ahead. Cole. No, I was I was saying. I mean, I guess that's where that's why they're appealing. And I I don't know. Just, yeah. I, and see, I also, you, you know, we
1: don't we've got a lot of the stuff through you know outside sources or whatever, but um, you also have to take in fact. All right. It's, are, are they saying that a separation isn't the same as a divorce now if that's the case then then you've got an argument there I think that's probably the thing the one thing that is holding it up because um, they' I, I don't I don't know. I've, you know I've never had to deal with it or anything like that or probably never even thought about having to deal with it but um if you've got you know a separation from what I understand technically you're still married right but in that sense, then you would need to have either, there'd have to be some kind of guardianship paperwork of some sort saying that the child is in the custody of, uh, of this parent. Um, I don't know. I think it's, it's kind of a mess. Um, like I said, I hate it for the kid, but you're also seeing the same thing happening in Atlanta, um, with a couple of kids up there that I know are Florida commits. I can't remember I know one of them's a quarterback. Uh, I can't remember what school they're at. It might be Grayson or something, um, where they're, they're in the same boat. They're ineligible for, you know, whether it was a move or an illegitimate move, I guess is what they'd call it. it it's. I think the, the big problem with all of it is that the kid was eligible and now all of a sudden he's ineligible. And I think that's what people are going to have a hard time understanding. I think that's what about us has a hard time understanding. And then on the other side of it, you hate to see that happen to the kid because it's not the kid's fault. You know, you hate to see the kid get punished for it, Right. but at the end of the day, I mean, if it's if they're going as far as to saying that it was recruit recruiting, then you know now you've got a
0: different situation on your hands, right? And I, yeah, I was looking looking. I pulled up the ESPN article now, and it, they just it said it doesn't state who it is, but it says a spokesperson for the Georgia High School Association told ESPN earlier this week that or earlier this month that more than 80 transfer waivers have been approved for out-of-state students. <laughs> so this, <laughs> I think that's probably, uh, you know, out of the ordinary, yeah. given the circumstances.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just one of those deals. It's a weird situation. You hate to speculate on what's going on and all this other stuff. Um, I know you had three other kids that left Moultrie um, to go over to Valdosta. Mm-hmm. So there's a uh, and there's no telling where else they came from, um, right. as far as the other the other transfers. So, um, yeah, that whole that whole situation down there it's, it's it's interesting. I mean, if they're doing the right thing and they're actually moving, then it's one thing. But um, you know, if it's a recruiting thing, of course, it's an entirely different thing.
0: Right. I think it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that that pans out because I know they got the appeal in and it'll probably all come down to wording uh at, at the end the end um are they going to have to are they going to have to forfeit that first game that they won against Warner Robbins you know that's a that's a good question technically if you play a kid that's ineligible it's a forfeit but because he was eligible during the
1: first game yeah. i don't think that would be considered a forfeit now if he right. would have played against Cambridge and if he would have played against Cockwood, you know even then technically he was still eligible he was still just, he was just under investigation he
0: plays at any point from this point forward, um, and they decide, in the appeal, that he is not inel- He is not eligible. Um, then they will have to forfeit those games. I see. Okay. So what? What? Uh, just getting into Rush a little bit. You know, we, we like to kind of talk about how controversy always seems to <laughs> seems to follow him around. Uh, but what was that? I know you were there Friday night in Colquitt County. What was that atmosphere like?
1: Um, let me tell you this, if if you would have been there, you wouldn't have guessed that we were in the middle of a pandemic. Um, (laughs) that's for sure. I mean, it was packed, you know, a seats about 8,000. Um, and if, you know, if you haven't ever been there, the the seat, everything's right on top of you on the field. Um, it's, it's tight. It's tight. The end zone It's tight on the sideline. Um, but there was probably sixty five hundred people there. Um, but it's, I've got a picture. I'll send it to you from that I that I found. That was uh, taken from a drone. It's a it's a really cool shot. Um, but it it was a great atmosphere, you know, with all the stuff that kind of went around it. You know, rush coming back. Um, you got a lot. Of, I heard you talk about it on your show last last week. You got a lot of people there that didn't think he should have left. You had a lot of people thought that he should have gone. Or that it was time for him to go you know he obviously cause he, he keeps talking about it thinks that he was done wrong um, but you got you know you got all of that going into a game. Uh, you got kids that have left one program and now playing for the other one uh, and, and most of these kids played for us um, mm-hmm. so there's a, there's a lot of stuff that that's kind of going on around it I kind of to be honest with you I thought it might get a little chippy. I thought it might get a little chirpy, but the kids, the kids, as far as playing the game, the kids were great. I mean, they, they lined up at one another. They went after it. There wasn't, you know, they weren't running their mouths. They weren't, there weren't any late hits or, you know, things that would be, I don't know, like I would call them self, selfish plays, uh, where you're just trying to go after somebody. The kids were great. The coaches were great. Um, you know, they talked all week from, reading back and forth between both newspapers that they were going to make it. You know, it's not about the coaches. It's not about this, that, and the other. It's it's about the Packers and the Wildcats. And if you watch the game, then um, then you definitely got that out of the kids. Now, in the stands, you know, it was wild. I mean, you had – there were there were several situations of, you know, I'm sure they were running their mouths back and forth at one another just between fans. It was rowdy, but it never got out of hand. <laughs> You know, like it. I guess you could say you could do down in South Georgia, um, but um, you know, it, it was it was a it was a pretty nice environment, especially to be in a pandemic and you know to see some people get together and get after it a little bit, um, cheering, cheering both programs on. It, it was it was one of the best environments I've been around in, in you know at Coffin County in a long time
0: yeah we we talked about on the show last week if we could have been anywhere in the state kind of other than commerce which we obviously cover uh right. we definitely would have been down there uh because that that was one we had circled for sure um so colquitt county they're they're top five in 7a i believe so yeah uh, and then, uh, i
1: would imagine i would imagine they would be in the top
0: five yeah Val what what kind of chance do they have in 6A without Garcia? Assuming that he doesn't get back, what do you see on Friday night? Do they still got a chance at State, or do they really need Garcia?
1: Well, defensively, you know, they're a really talented group. They're a talented group all the way around. they got some kids, uh, a lot of skilled kids uh, that run really well, Um, just a lot of athletes all over the field. I think one of the – probably the biggest problem that I saw out of them uh, was their offensive line. Um, you know, they're a, they're a pretty group. Um, when they line up and and start to get after it, I mean, they, they passed the eye test across the board. But um, they got manhandled. Um, you know, the first half of that game, it was just a defensive battle uh, up until about three minutes left um, when you finally started getting a little bit of scoring. But uh, the second half they they got blown off the ball i mean they they lost you know the, the line of scrimmage from the jump in the second half they they never could quite get it going especially after that controversial play in the end zone um where they end up having to kick it and then oh, it hits them in the mouth with the CTR bomb after that they you know it, I, i'm not gonna say that they laid down um but they were dominated from that point forward, they they couldn't do anything. Right. Um, and to have the athletes that they've got on the field, you know, and that's what happens, especially when you're playing a group as talented as Cawton County is and as talented as they have been for you know the last 11, 12 years. When um, you've got kids that can fly around the field, I mean, you're talking about being right there in the middle of that, that SEC of high school football in Georgia where it's, it's fast out physical all night by caught with um, on the from the offensive line now defensively defensively I think they're
0: See, uh, definitely keep an eye on that you know um hopefully he can hopefully he can play i would like to see him play and see how far they can go uh what else is going on down south georgia anything that we need to know about uh any surprises uh no i know I mean, uh, you
1: know Lyons is obviously rocking and rolling they Friday against Valdosta, because um, they only scored one offensive touchdown. Um, they had a pick six that sealed the deal for them, and then they had a blocked punt uh, for a scoop and score, and they ended up blocking two kicks. Um I mean, so it's, it's, going, it's going to be – region one is going to be interesting. I think, you know, Camden County apparently is, is kind of getting going a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what they did Friday, Tiff County. Um, is, is looking to get going. Their defense is – the defensive play from Tiffin is – you know, you can probably say the same thing about Tiffin that you say about Coughlin's defense. Um, offensively, you know, they struggled in the first game against Crisp. Um, but – and then they get hit with the COVID um, stuff. So they, they haven't played a game in almost a month. Um, and they're going to play Friday – uh, down in Irwin County, um, who won it last year. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how the, I guess, taking having to take the time off because of COVID stuff hits them, especially when they go down and play, you know, Irwin County, because Irwin County is going to be a good football team. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be, I don't know, those are, those are things. That, region 1 is going to be something interesting to watch because you've got lounges possibly taking over the top cop trying to get it back camden's finally starting to come in there and then you got to see what tips gonna be able to do it's hard to judge them after playing just one game right um you know outside of that i think i think the the biggest thing to look at after that is your six a group it's going to be lee county or about Asta. um i i would feel pretty good about that i know warner robbins is in that same region so that Region 1-6A is the exact same as Region 1-7A. I mean, it's knockdown, drag out, you know, physical football. Um, Both of of those regions are probably going to be the two regions to look out for, because they're going to beat up on one another. Um, And, of course, that's why you you kind of see the Region 1 teams make a run uh, towards the end of the year, you know, either playing for a state title or getting right there at it, because it is Fast and physical football, um, you know, it was something they didn't get a lot of credit for a couple of years ago, and now, you know, you, your teams from Atlanta have got to play them because you know at some point you're gonna see them. Right. Um, but you know, as far as that region, you know, set region one and seven A and six A. Once you get past that, I can't, I can't really help you a whole lot. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, you know, we're not, we don't really get into. You know, once we get past 6A, we don't get to see those groups a whole lot. So, Right. Uh, yeah, it'll be
0: interesting. You know, uh We got – so Tiff playing Irwin. We'll definitely keep an eye on that one. Irwin County's. we've faced them a couple of times in the playoffs, late in the playoffs. And then Irwin's got Brooks coming up in a couple of weeks. So, Brooks is number one in single A's right now, which is what we're in. So, we got a bunch of – it's kind of Commerce and then a bunch of middle and South Georgia schools as far as single A public. But – uh Yeah yeah no man i you know appreciate you coming on. I don't want to hold you up too much, but um I know you you provided a lot of a lot of good stuff there, and we'll, we'll keep an eye on garcia and i'm I'm sure we'll come back to you at some point all right, brother Well, I appreciate being able to jump in with y'all absolutely man appreciate t b coming on and letting us into that seven a and six a south football world. It's really kind of like the s e c of high school football down there. you got Lounge that's top ten in the nation. A few other schools will put their hat in the top 10 category uh, by the end of the year, I think. As well as Rush going back into Colquitt County, yes. back into Moultrie. I, lo- I love the insight he provided there. And then, of course, Jake Garcia's ongoing situation with the GHSA. Um, we can talk about that a little bit if y'all want to open up and kind of just talk about that whole situation going on with Jake Garcia.
2: Yeah, it's wild, man. and we I think TB hit on this is that it really stinks for Jake. You know, you right. travel all the way across the country – to try to play a senior season to get yourself better to go to college, uh, immerse yourself in really a completely different culture, and um, then it gets cut short. It's hard to feel pity for
3: Russ Brooks anytime, but <laughs> I mean, this is no fault of Jake Garcia. Like his season, he literally could not play yeah. in California now. You hate it for the kid,
0: yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with the appeal process. I don't want to like do a prediction, but I, he's got, I think he might have a good chance at winning that appeal. I just don't know the, the legal, all the wording. I mean, it'll have to go pretty deep, and I'm glad I'm not a part of it personally. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I hope he gets to play. Um, it, I know it would be fun to watch how he does in the playoffs and everything. So, um, wish the best of luck with that situation. We'll keep an eye on it, of course. Um, I'll have my ear to the ground down there, <laughs> all my contacts I got, and we'll see if I can <laughs> dig up anything, uh, anything else. Out of that region, so got a lot of men in South Georgia. I got a lot of boys down there. I can talk to. <laughs> I, got, I got the insights. Um, I do love that part of the state. I, I love. I love it down there. It's it's just it's it's like it's a you, different world. Like you, it is, it's a different world. It yeah. is, and I love that. <laughs> in TV, I love how he still calls. Calls the county schools by the city names, like yeah, yeah they came up to Moultrie talking about Colquitt County. <laughs> yeah. And honestly,
2: in northeast Georgia, we still do that yeah. a little bit. Yeah, we do. Did. did it right. earlier really with Elberton. El- we talk El- Elberton. <laughs> about Elberton, or we talk about Hartwell, yeah. or we talk about Lincoln. You know,
0: we can relate. We can relate. It's
2: it's there's some cultural ties between South Georgia and Northeast Georgia, but yeah. uh, it's a little different. Yeah,
0: we uh we'll get into around the state preview now. Obviously, the Tigers are off this week. But we did want to cover some games that we feel are important and games that you should look out for as a Tiger fan. Region 8A, Washington Wilkes hosting Elbert County. To mm. me, this is the number one game you should be looking at, the, at least checking the scores and seeing what happens to yeah. this. So, Washington Wilkes is a five-point underdog, which I I find that a little shocking to I, I just, again, we're looking at results yeah. purely, so it's hard to understand how, I mean does that make sense?
2: Yeah, the, the spread is factored by program history a little bit more than it is by recent results, I think that's that's a big factor in the Maxwell's
0: ratings which yeah. the spread is based off of and honestly, they're usually pretty close, like I'm not yeah. hating on them, but I think Washington, I would take the five points with, I would Wa- with Washington and, and that uh, may be on our pick'em
2: it is gonna be on the pick'em. Shout out to the potluck pick'em this week if at you're potluck not, football
0: on Twitter, follow us.
2: Yeah, if you're not following us at Potluck Football on Twitter, go ahead and follow us and then check in to the Potluck Pick 'em. Uh I'll have those games up tomorrow. You just pick your team, reply in the comments, and uh you'll be on the the leaderboard. I was actually talking to your brother. Your brother came into the post office today and he uh, Matt said he was going to, to to uh do his picks this week. We're gonna try to do a prize coming up in the in the upcoming weeks
3: for the winner. What is this prize gonna be? Uh, To be
0: determined.
2: But we're going to
0: do to the back dock, Sanders (laughs) Furniture. Any furniture you want. You better go undefeated at that point. (laughs)
3: Can we have an update on how Saul is doing this season? Saul's winning. I am
0: twenty-one. That's before the drop though. We we do have a drop week, so you can still get in and be competitive. Yeah. Uh, But just uh yeah. So no, Washington Wilson, Elbert. It's a game to keep your eyes that's on. The, that's the one, I think. If you're, if you're just going to kind of have some plans Friday night or whatever, <laughs> Go don't want to check your phone. Cancel them. Watch the game. <laughs> just at least keep it on your phone. That will be one to watch out for. Lincoln County at home against Harlem. I don't think that's the region in New York. Uh, if it is, that might be a road trip. Lincoln County is a seven-point favorite. And that one, Green County at home against Monticello. Is it Monticello or Monticello? Monticello. Monticello. I always want to put a che on there. I think that's <laughs> where Thomas Jefferson will live. Listen, Thomas Jefferson is a 10-point favorite in that <laughs> Oglethorpe hosting Social Circle. Oglethorpe is a three-point favorite. Could be an ugly game there. Yeah. Towns County at Lakeview. Lakeview is a 10-point favorite. And uh, Lee Shaw yep. is, is the head coach there at Lakeview now?
2: Yeah, so he got hired in the offseason. Former head coach of Raven County. And really Paul brought Lauer that program.
0: Ridge. Yeah, they, they, he brought that yeah. Raven County he really he elevated brought it, it. he brought it up,
2: yeah. You know it's to where, where they are where they are Raven now. County. Yeah, right. they're the Shaw family's from Raven County. like he so now. the oh, Flowery so. Branch he built that program. He, he was did. at at Fowler Branch, um, in the late two thousands, and then he I think he went up to Raven County in the early two thousand teens. Yeah, like 12 so or um, but yeah, now he's at Lakeview. They lured him over there. And he is head coach. They built a new stadium. They've done a lot of work on their their football field. So, Commerce fans, you can relate to this. Uh, Lakeview's football stadium is one of the worst.
0: Definitely small. That
2: we have attended. Um, small. All the fans are on one side. Um. Honestly, it I feels say like it. that I
3: was kind of fond of their stadium. You was, liked their it stadium? Back, it was back in the woods. <laughs> it was
0: in the woods. It was very, comf- you know... Comfort.
2: So, that in that way, it was a lot like Tiger Field, is that it was... It in, was. It, it, was vast, a, it had that feel. A, yeah. Arboreal to stadium. Me, to
0: me, it reminded me of old Athens Academy. Like, early aughts Athens Academy. Y'all remember that? Going in and seeing... Well, it was on one side. All one yeah, side. And then almost, the trees were right up against the other yes,
3: side. Yes, I can see that.
0: So, almost, it kind of reminded me of that.
3: Honestly, almost like Athens Christian, too, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: But it's crazy that... But they have expanded now. It seems like they might be trying to go that. Have you seen this in person? I saw it on Google Maps, actually. Oh, we,
3: we need some eyes on this. We do need to get this. We some need eyes to take a it. road trip. to Gainesville, <laughs> go get some seafood. Is that game
2: at Towns County or Lakeview? The- so, uh, that game is at Towns. So, okay, they'll so be right traveling to up
0: to Hiawassee. It might be chilly up there. Yeah, it's getting chilly out here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move to uh, Single-A Public Top Ten. Number one, Brooks County... Uh, hosting Mitchell County. They're a 25-point favorite. Number two, Metter is at home against an 0-3 portal. Number three, Macon County at Central. 46-point favorite is Macon County. Dude, Number four, Irwin <laughs> County hosting 7A Tiff County. Now, Irwin County is an 11-point underdog, but impressive that they're they're going to go up against a 7A. That's an impressive line for a single A versus 7A. 11 tiff. points. Yeah. It's not, I mean, that's no. less, you know. That's competitive. Yeah. We'll we'll keep an eye on that one for sure. Uh, number five, Clinch County off this week before the battle for the swamp next week. It's <laughs> Charlton County. So that'll be a good one. Uh, number six, Commerce, obviously off. But we are up to number six. Didn't want to point that out. Number seven, Dublin hosting Swainsboro. Number uh, That's number seven, Dublin. They're a 14-point favorite. And that's my old neck of the woods down there. Uh, <laughs> Dublin, Swainsboro, Statesboro area. Number eight, Taylor County at home against Greenville. Uh, not of South Carolina, Joe. Oh, wow. Just wow. calm down. Uh, i no, excited. It, I mean, it, it, Greenville, shout out to Contavious Caldwell Pope. Yes, yes. Former high school of Contavious Caldwell Pope. Good luck to him in the NBA Finals, obviously. Uh, unfortunately, they're a 19-point underdog in this one. <laughs> uh, number nine, Sly County on the road at Marion County. Uh, Marion County is top ten in some polls. We saw Sly County fall from number four all the way down to number nine. Marion County is a 10-point favorite in that one. Number 10, Wilcox County at home against Telfair. They are a 17-point favorite. Anything you want to add there, Uncle Sam? I the top think. 10?
2: I think the game of the week is that Tift, Irwin game. Uh, that's going to be one that I'm going to watch. I'm not like on TV or anything, but I'm right. going to keep an eye on the score because that honestly, there's there's a, there's not a big difference between single A. And 7A in talent of a player. Where right. the difference comes is depth.
0: Depth, yep.
2: Uh, and resources. So I, I will be intrigued to see how Irwin holds up in this game. Yeah. It's uh, a game where
3: Irwin, if they keep it close, could move up in the rankings even.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. they're
0: 1 and 2, and they're at, what, 7? And that's another, like we touched on earlier in the pod, I mean, they're playing a hard schedule yeah. <laughs> out of the cage. Uh We'll see if that pays off for them down the line. TB talked about Tiff County going up there to Irwin County um, briefly in our interview with him, they TIFT ha, hasn't been able to practice and play hardly at all yeah. because their coach has been battling COVID in and out of the hospital. They've had players get COVID. So they don't have a lot of you know practices and everything like that under their belt. So they're coming up to Irwin – there's a lot of uncertainty about how good they'll be, just in general, in that 7A region, anyway.
2: Yeah, and the same thing has kind of gone on in Osceola too, it because has. Their, coach their coach has too. been uh, infected with COVID. Uh, both of those coaches, if I if I remember correctly, have had serious bouts yes. bouts with COVID. That's correct. Um, so it'll be it'll be cool to see that game. Uh, yeah, it's in the top ten on the GHSA, or excuse me. Georgia High School Football Daily. Yeah. Newsletter this yeah. week, top ten games.
0: So that rounds out the top ten of single A public. Uh, others we want to talk about East Hall at East Jackson. Song, what you got on that one? Um, you know we always follow East Jackson because it's right up the road. East and East.
2: It is East versus East. What East will win? Um, I, I want East Jackson to have a good football program just because I think it's good for the county. Uh, I think it's good for our area. This will be a good test for them. Um, to to see what's going on over there at East Jackson.
0: Fannin at Banks County.
2: Um, I think Banks probably is going to lose this game. I I don't want to talk down the Leopards any more than we already do,
0: but um, <laughs> they're having a rough season Can up you there. You point your Homer. finger me on that one. <laughs> Walnut Grove at Jackson County.
2: Uh, so shout out here to Walnut Grove, uh, one of our 2010 Class of 2010 Commerce High School co-graduates and friends, Carl Allen. He's a head baseball coach down there at Walnut shout, shout out. Uh, his dad, Carlton Allen, also the head pastor over here at First Commerce. Also shout out. In, uh, First Baptist in Commerce. Um, he listens. He's a regular listener. Shout out to Carlton. But we're uh, going to keep our eyes on Jackson County because that's a program we've been watching with Coach McWhorter over there. Um, they lost a t- uh, tough one down there or against Franklin County last year or last week. So we'll see how um, they recovered this week against Walnut Grove.
0: Jefferson at Hart County.
2: Uh, This game last year was a great game. Two programs that um, are on the rise. Well, Jefferson's been good for a while, but Hart County is on the rise. A lot of college talent out there. Uh, We'll see how this game goes. It's a, what, a 25-point
0: spread? 25-point spread. I okay.
2: think it's closer than that. It's at Hart County. County 25. <laughs> no, so, do you think
3: it's closer?
0: 21? I think. Get a score.
3: All right. A score. Let's get an official All right. song prediction.
2: Jefferson 31, Hart 21.
0: Oh, wow. Close. <laughs> I
2: think that's the, the score this week up there at Hartwell. Uh, I think Hart
3: hangs around because they want to win this
0: game. Joe, do you have a prediction you'd like to get on there, on, the, on the books? I
3: know nothing about either one of these things, but Jefferson <laughs> is really good. i we'll yes. go Jefferson 42,
0: Hart County 13. I Woo. like that a lot better in Psalms. Right. I'll go we'll Jefferson 35, Hart County 7. All right. We'll see. I don't know why we all picked that one. We <laughs> and we all picked Jefferson to win. What a bunch of losers. Oh, man,
1: Madison
2: man. County at Monroe area. Uh so the boys from Mad Cal trying to get the <laughs> get the win after a loss last year. Man, so last year oh, Here we go here we go. Madison County. Last year they make Holmberg. it to the Elite Eight. Best season in Madison County they history. Yeah, I forgot
3: about that. They didn't make uh,
2: They they, they surprise everybody in northeast Georgia and this year so far surprise
3: themselves, probably.
2: Uh it's been what we would expect from Madison County. <laughs> um I'm hoping that the Red Raiders and uh all my solid, solid, solid. all my friends over there in Danielsville, Beat Monroe area, Monroe area, I think is 8 AAA Madison County, I think it's 8 double or a 8 quad. A. So Madison County's getting 7. Okay. Monroe's area is favored.
0: Habersham at Stevens, that's going to be Robbery. a big game.
2: Yeah, so Tacoa versus Cornelia and Clarksville and all those folks up there in the foothills. Um this is a four-point spread, so Habs getting four, four points in this game. Uh, Habersam Central lost barely last week to White, right? Seven points?
0: Yes. And Stevens has played Stevens White.
2: Stevens played White first game of the season, 44-6 to was is the score of that Habersam. game.
0: Stevens, yeah. It does. It
2: screams well, Habersam. Stevens bounced back, though. Stevens has. they on a roll. They have. one three straight. You never know what to expect out of Dakota. So, you know, <laughs> in we all can, facets of <laughs> life. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you never know what to expect. So, you know, this is going to be an interesting game for us in Northeast Georgia. Um, I don't know who's going to
0: win it. And we do got. Um, I, the, the, what reminded me of this is we, we forgot to put White County on here, but White County's uh, playing at home against North Hall. Okay. So they're looking to go to five and zero. Oh, but keep going on uh, Habersham Stevens. Oh, uh, that's basically it. That's it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll watch to see what happens. Yeah, you need. that's a good game up in the mountains there. Uh, Prince at Wesleyan. Uh, so this is an old re- uh, Region
2: 8A uh, contest here. I was reading earlier, um, Ryan Dennis is the editor down there at the Athens Better Herald. He talked about this game this week. Uh, the last time, you know, this series started was when we were in school, so about ten years ago. Um... Wesleyan would dom- dominate Prince like put 60 up on them um to nothing. Uh they it has become a rivalry in the years since. Um I think Prince has won two out of three or something like that. Um last year Wesleyan beat, beat Prince 24 to 14. So this game is actually uh a pickem. It's it's the spread zero. So we'll see who wins this game. This this will be a big test for Prince. This game is at Wesleyan. It is at uh, Prince. Okay. So the Wolverines may be favored in there. I don't know how much of a home field advantage you have at Prince Avenue, but um, it's it's a game to keep your eye on. If you're if you followed 8A for a while, these are some schools that we have some familiarity. The only with. reason I ask is the field is
3: probably in one piece at Prince. Yes. But especially in the field, it's no guarantee questionable. No guarantee. You, know. you never I have forget that. Experience in that, but yeah. <laughs>
2: It, so Joe's referencing when we played there at Wesleyan for the 2009 uh, region championship, the field was a mess. It was. It, it was, was worse disgusting.
3: Than the mess, but it was, it was something. Yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, that those are the games that are coming up this week in the potluck pick 'em. Um,
0: and and to keep an eye on this week. We do got one more West Side at Putnam County. We had to shout this one out. Our guy. Shout out to our,
3: our man in Bacon, Taylor Seals.
0: <laughs> seals the deal seals after dark Claiborne Rossi. uh so we'll see what we'll see if putnam county they're undefeated we'll see if they can keep it up against west Side, a team that we talked about earlier in the pod uh with some common opponents in region 8a they've had a low key great season so far they yes. beat
2: morgan 5 to 2 uh beat social last week <laughs> five uh, to two. well we they met, got the they got the dub we,
0: we went in depth on the 5 to 2 that was a, <laughs> that was a good a good episode there so. Uh, last segment here, since we don't have a, you know, any team to look forward to uh, that Commerce is playing this week, we thought we'd uh, we'd get Joe on here to do something, <laughs> do something a little different, uh, something a little, a little bit, a little bit fun, uh, kind of ridiculous, but uh we'll, <laughs> we're gonna compare high school football teams in Northeast Georgia uh, to college football teams around the nation. So we chose fifteen uh, schools at random. We also are going to do commerce uh, as a kind of a 16th school, uh, but what we did was I did one through 15 random number generator and just kind of gave everybody five schools. Yep. So uh, who who wants to start this thing? I think so. I'll start. Yeah. I'll start. I got okay. the best draw. By we'll, the way. We'll so what do we want to do? One one one. Yeah. 1-1-1? We we'll just All right. go go. Uh, you got it.
2: So first off, I wanted to say. We did this because back when we talked about Banks County, Franklin County, we talked about how this was a big, that was a big uh, 10
3: matchup. It's almost like Farmageddon. It was Farmageddon, it was was. was Iowa State. And
2: that's how this this idea was born. So um, I got the random schools I got out of what we got. I'm going to start with, I'm just going to pick one. Um, So Social Circle. Social Circle, I think, is a lot like Wake Forest. Um, Social Circle has a 34.8 winning percentage. Uh, Wake Forest has a 41.4 winning percentage. So these are these are below 500 schools. No shade on Social Circle. They Ain't
3: have a school, that Social Circle.
2: Is it a bad, oh, well, I didn't think about the religious <laughs> connotation. But uh, Social Circle won, won a region title back in 2005. Uh, Wake Forest, this surprised me. I did not know this. Wake Forest has two conference titles. They went uh, to the Orange Bowl.
3: 2006. 2006. They went to the so right there, when the, was the Orange Bowl year? I they, forgot they about it. Bowl. It was 2006. 2006, yeah. So we They just have a Wake Forest program <laughs> in the film room because they won the <laughs> ACC championship.
2: <laughs> so they won the ACC in 2006, uh, 1970 as well. Uh, both schools are in football rich areas, um, but they just can't seem to put it together. That's my
0: first take. I like it. I like it. On to Dino with his school. So I, I don't know where where to start. Obviously, I feel like y'all did a lot more research than that. Really. <laughs> I kind of just like uh, just picked a school that I thought was decently similar. Uh, but uh, so I'll start with Athens Christian. I got Athens Christian, and I'm going to compare them to the Liberty Flames. <laughs> Liberty Flames uh, out uh, up in uh, Lynchburg, Virginia. I don't think you're ever too worried when you see the Liberty Flames on your oh. football, on your football schedule. I don't think you're ever that worried when you see Athens Christian on there, even though they are having a good year this year for they what it's are. worth. Uh, head coach Hugh Freeze up there, obviously, right now. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I did. I did. Athens Christian was one of my schools, and I got I got Liberty also. Uh, you know, for the uh, religious connotations.
3: Yeah, of course, of course. Um, so I spent way too much time on this, <laughs> way more than a rational or sane person would. But I'm neither. Um, <laughs> So the first school I got, shout out, Psalm, is Madison County. All right. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I went with Illinois. That's, 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 that's such great. a good pick. That's great. Um, oh, my gosh. So, a lot of row crops. So Madison County is close to a great hub of the state in Athens. Okay. But it's not Athens. <laughs> Illinois, close to Chicago, is not Chicago. Uh, they have a decent year, maybe every decade. Uh, it's a lot of farming. Yeah. And Psalm. Shout out to he, Shout out to Farmers. Who is the best player in Illinois history? I'm not gonna get this red name. Grange, red Raiders. Oh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, Joe. This is
3: obvious. Look out, oh, touche! Look out. Here you. Back to song. Uh,
2: so back to me. Uh, so like I <laughs> yes. like I said, like I said, I got a great draw. Uh, my second school that I wanted to talk about was uh, Franklin County. So Franklin County is off to an unprecedented hot start over there in Carnesville. Um, they have a new coach relatively. He's in his third year. His name's Paul Sutherland. And um, going along with that, I wanted to compare them to a school that has also had a hot start who has a new coach, Mississippi State. Oh, wow. Ooh, with wow, uh, the Pirates. Uh, I with, like that. With old uh, Mike Leach. I do like that. So, um, oh, actually, <laughs> you know what, I looked at my notes wrong. So, I meant – the Louisiana R- Raging Cajuns. Oh, no. so I, like also, I like Mississippi State way better. <laughs> so, also, um, the Raging Cajuns are off to a hot start. No, and like uh, Bill Napier over there, he's the head coach at Furman. He's in his third season, just like uh, Paul Sutherland. When I think of Franklin County, I think of the country. Like, Franklin County, there's some corn, there's some soybeans. Mississippi State. Uh, yeah. I feel
3: like Mississippi <laughs> You really all right. missed this one out. question, you know who Bill Napier played for in college? Uh, Furman. Well, do you know who his head coach was? Uh, Bobby, Bobby Lamb, Lamb. yeah, no, right. all right, shout, shout
2: out. to all back to conference, but
3: it, it, it's definitely Mississippi State. All right,
2: no. the thing, <laughs> the thing that I, okay.
0: All right, I'm just giving up on no, that. No, I've no, lost this. I've lost it. I've lost it. <laughs> go ahead, Dino. So that was great. Uh, Mississippi State is uh, Franklin County, as someone just said, and nothing. He said nothing else after that. Uh, so the next team I'm going to cover is Prince Avenue, and Prince Avenue was one that uh, was a little bit harder because they they. Didn't get started on football. Uh, late. That yeah, after the millennium. It, it, it really, so it kind of was hard to place them. But I, en- I ended up at Baylor, uh, and some little stats on Baylor. Um, so from 1997 to 2007, their records between three coaches were 4-18, and 9-36, and 18-40. and, 18 and 40. Obviously not very good. And then, you know, Art Bryles took over and really kind of brought them up beginning in the late, uh 2000 really 2010 was kind of their breakthrough year and then since then they've really been pretty good obviously they had a Heisman Trophy and um some BCS Bowls and you know been been competitive in the Big 12 to me it will also shout out to Baptist shout out to you know, Christian sure religion uh, Baylor, also, <laughs> Baylor also uh Christian school Prince Avenue Christian school um and I just also want to point out that there's no sexual assault stuff going on at Prince Avenue like there was at Baylor which was hashtag bad (laughs) Uh,
3: so my next one was Athens Academy and I think this is the most obvious school that I had you know I, I tried to think of other private schools but I feel like Athens Academy is obviously Stanford they're a
0: private oh, no. <laughs> school. That's so money. I mean, Dude, I,
3: there so is money. no other option. It's a private school. I mean, you have high academics. God, that's so that, – They're a hard-nosed, physical team, well-coached. God. I mean, there is no other option other than Stanford. That's the so campus, good. too. I mean, other than maybe, like, you kind of get, like, the hippie culture out there. But, yeah. it is, you know. But well, Athens, Athens Academy, Academy is, is kind of weird, it's, too. Well, you, you do get the Athens. Okay, I'll give you that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's perfect. There is no other option. That's perfect. There. You can say no more. so <laughs>
2: All right, so back to me. Um, so I've kind of botched this already. But Jackson County, I thought, was Mississippi State. Um, so Jackson County, if you look at their record, they've never been good. Uh, I'm not throwing like shade across the river to the other side of the county. They sound like Louisiana. Oh, my God. All right, Louisiana, Jackson County. I agree with these other guys. All right, Dino.
3: Oh, gosh.
0: All right. Hang on, I gotta get myself composed here. <laughs> Compose yourself, uh-huh. boy. So, uh Towns County is who I will cover next and I compared them to the Idaho Vandals. <laughs> uh kinda rural. Uh, you, you feel like maybe Towns County would compete in the potato ball? <laughs> probably. Know. Yeah. Who knows? They probably have. It seems like they're mountainous. Is Idaho Idaho's got mountains. Yeah, right? sure. Rockies. Of course they do. It's, yeah, of course. I mean, what am I talking about? <laughs> we don't <laughs> we need to look t- that t- up. <laughs> Towns County. Uh is uh, I think they've only uh, I think Idaho's only won like three ball games in their history. Um, Towns, Towns is only County, less than that. They've only made the playoffs one time. <laughs> Towns County's never won a ball. <laughs> they never won a ball. I mean, they, they have, never, won, have not yet won not a ball game. I'm not counting them out this year, <laughs> but they've never won a ball game. Uh, to be fair, but no, I, yeah, just uh, I, I went with Idaho for Towns County.
3: All right, my next one, East Jackson. I'm going kind of off the board here. I'm going uh, Georgia State. They, oh, oh, that's, that's actually good too. Good. So they're they're a new team, and yes. I, I know they've been around for a while, but my mind is like always stuck in 2010. <laughs> so East Jackson's a new team, so is Georgia State, um, new team in an area that has several good programs, but they're not successful. Um, they had a lot of hype when it started. A lot of people thought that you know East Jackson could become what Commerce used to be, and that obviously never materialized. And Georgia State is still Georgia State. Yep. Shout out Trey.
0: That's a good one. <laughs> I
2: love that. Yep. Um, so back to me. Um, I had Lincoln County. Oh wow! Mm, so with, with Lincoln County, the one college school that comes to my mind is Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's, Larry that's, Campbell, Bear Bryant, yeah. Alabama.
3: Prior Nick Saban. I feel like so.
2: I feel like Lincoln County's still searching for their Saban, and they're hoping for Chompkins. Chompkins is their new head coach, Lee Chompkins. Um, they're hoping that he can be the Saban. Uh, they're hoping that – and last year, the guy that, that they had, he did a pretty good job. I'm not saying that they fired him for the wrong reasons, but, you know, he did a pretty good job. They brought in uh, Chompkins from Vidalia. He has some Lincoln County ties. But Lincoln County, 11 state titles. Um, Alabama kind of um, on the same level has 17 natties. Uh, Lincoln County has 33 region titles, Alabama. 31 SEC or Southern Conference titles. Mm-hmm. Um, Alabama has a 72.7 winning percentage. Lincoln County has an 81.3 winning percentage. That's not factoring in their wins as Lincolnton. This yeah. is just since consolidation. Um, there's a lot of tradition in both places uh, hard dose football, rural communities in Alabama and in Lincoln County that surround or like come together around football. That,
3: that's a really good thing, yeah.
0: Thank you, Joe. I like that one. <laughs> that was really good song. That was a great fight. Thanks, guys. Almost as good as Mississippi State. (laughs) Almost as good as Mississippi State, Franklin County. Uh, I got Rabin County next, and I went with Washington. Washington Huskies up there uh, in the – that's Washington State. The far north. Not the the football team. The Washington Washington Huskies. They have a name. They have a name. Uh, no, so yeah, they have a lake up there. If oh, people didn't wow. notice, yeah. it, there's a lake right up there next to us. I feel like you know, kinda, kinda kind of, kind of lake up like there. Clemson? Yeah, well, maybe not like Clemson, <laughs> but sort of. Uh, but no, they've had uh, their, their win percentage overall all time is right around 61. percent I didn't look up Raven Counties, but I imagine it's probably pretty similar to that. They have a, they've had great quarterback play in the past, and that just kind of rings true right now with Gunnar Stockton at Raven County. So. Um, I did. I did choose those guys from Seattle to match up with Clayton, Georgia. I'm not sure if that exactly matches up. I feel like there's no <laughs> difference. <I feel> like, <laughs> hey, drop yourself Clayton in Clayton and Seattle. Who's to who who knows? If who's, who's, to be, say. who's to say where yeah. you are? Does Kurt Cobain live in Tiger? Probably. Yeah. Maybe. He, yeah. You know, we're getting deep into the conspiracy theories now.
2: <laughs> so, Raven County winning percentage, just to throw that in there, 54. percent Yeah. So not, not too
3: pretty, far. Pretty we shut the bill house here?
0: Pretty comparable okay, shout, out out yeah,
3: yeah. shout out to the Billerhouse. I wish I had Joe, some. who you got next. Uh Banks County. I'm going the Iowa State Cycles. Shout out the Shout yeah, out to You farmers. have to go farms
0: there. Um, forward. Forward. so
3: like <laughs> <laughs> like Banks County, Iowa State, not great at football, basketball, is it times good? I've never been to Ames and our apologies to every Ames listener. I imagine <laughs> it's like a really big homer. And that there way. is just a whole lot of more nothing to do there. <laughs> Big courthouse, probably. It was probably a courthouse, yeah. yeah. So, uh yeah, Baines County, Iowa State. Oh, Joe, I tell you,
0: you've been, you've been, uh, you've been on the money here tonight. So All right, on, now this, this. So let's go back in reverse because I want to end on. Money. Okay, because yours is a big one. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm interested I do to have see more to do. I'm All right, go, to Joe. See where you to do my last one. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Well, we got a little Who's state, state draft here. Your <laughs> Who's your last <laughs> one? Who's your
3: last one? Clint's <laughs> County. All right, let's do it. Let me do. Let me do Irwin. All right, all right, let right.
0: me start with Irwin. Then we'll go. To, then we'll go to Clinch. And then me. And then we'll go to Salen. All right. So Irwin County, I, and I actually did research this one quite a bit. Uh, Irwin County's so before 2019, before last year, their last state championship was 1975. So they had been to the final four. They'd won countless region championships, countless games. Always a power. Always a threat to win. But it was always a matter of can they win? Are they going to win? Can they win? Are they going to win? So at, since last since last year they actually won. They're a not cursed UGA. That's it. I mean that's definitely it. They're they're a not cursed UGA. What's their? I mean it was nineteen seventy five. Like, I don't know what that's like, but I imagine it's great to not be a, a non cursed. <laughs> like to actually win the big one. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. They're red and silver. I mean their colors. Yeah, match the color up with the color scheme UGA. matches up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that was kind of like good. if Georgia had beat Alabama in 2017. If Georgia had, had if actually like gotten years over the home, actually the, the, the up years perfectly. are pretty close matching yeah. up. Yeah. Imagine but what that would be like <laughs> historically. Know, but... uh, obviously, the Irwin County, they're Indians, but uh, they have, uh, you know, good winning percentage historically. Yeah. You know, you go into Irwin County, you know, you're going to face a really good ball team. And uh, I, I matched them up with UGA, red, black, and silver. So, uh, Joe. Alright, my
3: last name is Clinch County, and I spent way too much time on this this week. Um, it's I actually wrote, one too. I wrote an entire paragraph on Clinch County being compared to the Miami Hurricanes. And oh, then, that's and a then I love that one. I texted our man in Macon, Taylor Stills, about two hours ago, and he convinced me that it is not Miami. It is LSU. Oh, that's pretty good, too. And I tend to agree. Alright, I'll hear you out. Sir. Swamps. Uh, it is actually a mixture <laughs> between LSU and Miami, and I'm not sure which it is. It's pretty much Miami without the swagger. But Clinton <laughs> County never won until the late eighties. My or LSU never won until Saban got there, aside from like Billy Cannon. Yeah, Cannon. You can't forget about him. Yeah. But police yeah. County won multiple championships under multiple coaches, just like L S U has won three championships under three coaches. I mean, the swamp is obviously... Yeah. And not like the fake swamp like Florida, but like an actual swamp. Okie, yeah. I love that we just avoided Florida, too. Yeah. Like in comparison. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, my other... I will say this. Uh, my other comparison to Miami was between... Charlton County and Clinch. I kind of compared Charlton County to FSU, Clinch to Miami. There is something there. Yeah, oh, um, man, I like that. But but I feel like LSU just fits so Clinch just so much Caring more. Hearing you out. Yeah, I, I've yeah. heard
0: it out. I think LSU and Miami both are good fits, but I think I think Sills is right. But I that, like LSU yeah, there. Shout out to Sills. Song, this is a big one here. Bring I, it I, home. I'm interested to see where you went because we, we've talked about this one.
2: Yeah, so – Honestly, the group didn't trust me with this pick, so we kind of discussed it beforehand. So, we have the Jefferson Dragons, arch rivals to our hometown Commerce Tigers. Um, Former
0: Let me ask y'all something before you do this. Do you think the do you think the kids in school now even care like about Jefferson?
2: I think I think some of them do. I think some of them probably don't.
0: Isn't that it's been
2: 5 years I since we really talked it. hate hates
0: him so much. I it.
3: It's like uh, It's
2: the
0: worst. They're the worst. There,
3: there is no world in which Converse should not play Jefferson in every sport every year. Yeah. <laughs> Even if we were gonna lose, I don't care. Agreed. So I want that on the record. Put it on my It's on story. the record right now. <laughs> so <laughs> Jefferson Dragons. Who what
2: team are they in the college ranks? Thinking about, you know, not only the culture of the program, Al-Qaeda. the history of the program, <laughs> Al Qaeda. Yeah. But, all right. I see I that. <laughs> Terrorist. So um who said it. <laughs> so history of the program. What is Clemson with well, a tail Clemson? What is is that oh crap, I just revealed it. It's Clemson. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Jefferson Dragons are Clemson. <laughs> it has. We're we're at like eleven o'clock right now. So I think that Jefferson is a lot like the Clemson Dragons. Uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Clemson Tigers. We are keeping all this in. So, um, Clemson is a nice town, just like Jefferson is. We don't like to admit that about either places, but both downtowns are nice. You could go there and spend a day. Um... Maybe not in Jefferson. But uh, <laughs> the thing that stuck out to me is both fan bases are very similar. They, if are, you talk, they, are, they are. If you talk to a Clemson fan, they're like, oh, Clemson is the best team ever. They've always been great, which is not really true. And you talk to a Jefferson person, and they're the same way. You're on. Like, you this know, is perfect. They're, they're like, Jefferson has always been great, which is not true. Jefferson only played in one state championship before 2010, really before 2012. Um, Jefferson, overall, they have a program history um, that has a 61.7 winning, winning percentage. Clemson, this is the closest one I came up with, 61.9. So only 0.2% wow. different in winning percentage between Jefferson. i love to 2012
3: like, win percentage for both these schools. It, because true. it would
2: just – it'd probably be the same still. It but. probably would. So Jefferson has had nine region championships – um, where Clemson has had, uh, they've had, I think they've had more ACC championships, but they've had five ACC straight. I mean, the like Clemson is, is the
3: recent history,
2: right? So since two thousand and seven, see that that's why I push back.
0: I think Clemson has been a lot more successful than than Jefferson. Well, personally, well, they've won man. more titles. They've, they've won, won two
2: titles. national titles, whereas Jefferson has has that, I, one That's where I push
3: back, and I I mentioned Auburn. Auburn's not bad either. Also, Auburn no lake, but but at the same time, <laughs> the no Auburn, lake. Jefferson, yeah. as far as I know, they don't have a good lake. They've but. got a city lake. Yeah, they do,
0: but it's not. Bad. They do <laughs> got. <a city laughs> lake. But no, I I, I did because I didn't want. To, I just don't like giving Jefferson too much credit. Well,
3: I, I think we might I, be I'm doing the of it. Yeah, Auburn, Auburn might be the better fit,
0: but they're both really good. So picks. one, one point in the that the fans are both kind of like. But yeah. Auburn was more
3: successful pre 2010. <laughs> they were Jefferson
0: right. Game. They were. Their winning percentage is probably a lot higher now. So the point that sunk
2: it to me is is what Joe's saying here is that um, Jefferson exploded onto the scene. Similar to Clemson, yeah. Similarly to Clemson. Jefferson beat Commerce in 2007, a game that we're all familiar with, um, and that catapulted them into AA in 2008, and they started winning. They started gaining like statewide notarization or not, not- notoriety, um, and then they won their state championship in 2012, and it's been nonstop ever since. Likewise, Clemson, uh, 2013, a game we're all familiar with. They opened the season against Georgia and they beat Georgia. It's on primetime TV, ESPN, the atmosphere's electric. They come away with a narrow win, and their program takes off. And it's sad for me to say that because we're on the losing end of both of those games with Commerce and Georgia, but it, the parallels are hard to ignore.
3: No, no, I, I think it's a really good parallel, but Colton is right that Clemson has been more successful than Jefferson – we we want to hammer that in. Thank God, <laughs> thank God that
0: Jefferson has not been more successful. We yeah. really want to hammer on that you're not you're not Clemson, but, no, but, but you're you, not Clemson, but you do have a you've had a rise, yeah. you've had a rise. Because we, that. because we
3: just compared Lincoln County to Alabama. Alabama,
0: which is deserving, yeah, right.
3: But Jefferson to Clemson, mm. it's more it's not the titles; it's just the recent success. It, it's like, like the that was, came team. out of nowhere, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: like yeah. it was like, okay, well, here's a team that's. 500, they make the playoffs. You know, right, kind of the same right. time Clemson, they're above 500, they get the ball game. There was a whole thing with
3: Clemsoning and all that stuff, right. but like it's not really the title as much
0: as it's out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Like, and Jefferson
3: did win one title, you know, in a year that they lost to the Commerce. Just yes. make sure Just to put that, that on the record. Yes. 2012. Again, yes.
0: It's a beautiful trophy they have in their trophy case. 14 1. 14 1. one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just a beautiful one there it on is that trophy. A gorgeous one. That's how we'll close it out, guys. Any last thoughts? So we got commerce. We can't forget about commerce. Oh my gosh! Yes, we're all doing commerce. But yeah, yeah, no commerce, commerce, commerce. All right. So who wants to start? I'll start it off. Y'all two get. Y'all two take commerce. I think
3: commerce is obvious. Almost as obvious as Evan Academy. Commerce is Nebraska. I think that's a good. That's a really good one. All right, one. elaborate. Uh, historic program option. They haven't. <laughs> Shout out to the option, baby. <laughs> Shout out. Haven't reached the heights of the past, although it's been good. Famous for their style of offense. And I would even go this far. Bob Devaney built Nebraska. It's like Ray Lamb. Tom Osborne kept Nebraska going as Steve Savage. Savage. And even, you can even go further. Two players who define their eras, even though they play different positions from each other. Johnny Rogers, Rump Moon, Tommy Frazier, Monte Williams. I mean, I think it's obvious. They're even currently being led by alumnus of their schools. I will say that Nebraska and like the... Like early two thousands to now has been like worse than commerce right. has, considerably, but it's almost like you know if you took that part out, then commerce. I mean, I don't know a better comparison than Nebraska. So That's the one, really one,
2: the one that I came up with was a little different. Um, I had Penn State.
3: I, I like that. I like so that.
2: I I thought of Penn State. Commerce has won two out of three games over our our school history. Uh, sixty four, or excuse me, sixty six point four percent winning percentage. 17 region titles two state titles uh penn state 68.9 percent winning percentage so there's there's about a three two a percent uh winning percentage difference there they've won two natties compared to our two state championships um but only five conference titles they played against some better schools i think there and excluding the the sandusky scandal back about nine years ago i think they have a lot in common They're traditional Traditional yeah, programs, yeah. you know, you think about Happy Valley, you think about the same uniforms, you think about a lot of good players coming through yeah, there. Yeah, the same really identity.
3: Strong coaches,
2: Paterno. The only
3: thing I'll push back on is Joe Powell was there forever. Right. In Commerce has had multiple coaches.
2: So if you combine Coach Savage's tenure with Coach Lamb's, you get Coach Paterno's. Yeah. So Which that, is unreal. Which oh. is really crazy. He started in 66 and went to 2011. Yeah. That's an entire lifetime of coaching at one school, um, but yeah, that that that's where I came up with, and I think that Commerce and Penn State both kind of have a legacy of being great programs, but coming up just a tad short late in the season, um, especially against common or against uh, opponents in their region.
3: Yeah. Like
2: you look at Penn State, you think about Ohio State. Yeah, you think about Michigan. Yeah, um, Commerce. You think about um, Athens Academy. You think Jefferson. about Jefferson. You yeah. think about Wesleyan. You think about all Buford. You think about the teams that have challenged Commerce in 8-8. You think about the teams that have
0: challenged Penn State in, call, in the yeah. Big Ten. I out of those two, I actually I, I mentioned Nebraska being like Commerce a couple weeks ago on that's, Twitter. That's
3: what put it on my mind. And
0: I yeah. I, I, I like Nebraska as Commerce. I, I really do. I think that's a such a good. You know, a good comp. Um, Especially the '70s were just the, the, yeah. the timelines line up so it, it does. well with, with the late '90s, early 2000s, and the '70s. It does. It's and the and yeah. the option like you know unique offense. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe Frost needs to just you know what I'm going back to the option. <laughs> sure. like, well, that that would be that you would be some bringing two tides. In his life. Yeah. yeah. Hey, well, it's you know to, TBD if uh, Scott Frost will be the Mike Browns that. uh, the jump starts Nebraska. Speaking
3: of the uh, the sixties and seventies, shout out Lou Sanders. We're we gonna have a play of the game.
0: Lou's, Lou Sanders, Lou's used play of the game, saving the best for last with Joe being in the house. <laughs> uh, and I think we'll have a little bit more of a conversation after hearing this. Sammy Brown's third down counter play from the 45. To put the Tigers up two scores, we never look back from there. This is Sammy's fourth. Consecutive as for a freshman, used play of the game, Joe. No one else has ever even had one. No, (laughs) in all of his existence, he's he's won every one. (laughs) Joe,
3: can we get that man a clock or what? I mean, we we are working very hard, (laughs) not we, I mean me, to try to get Lou aware of this podcast. Lou (laughs) is you know kind of off the grid, but we we will make him aware. Maybe at Christmas time. He'll uh, <laughs> have, have like what, fourteen play of the games by and, then. And then maybe. by that time, maybe that, so. that might merit a clock. You know, you might have to have a full seasons worth of games. Who, who has the Lou most? Lou has the very high standards.
0: That's what we need to do at the end. Of, you know, <laughs> who has the most? See if Lou can make at least like maybe like a pocket watch, like yes. a small <laughs> one. Yes. Yeah, not like a big, big. Clock. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not a full one. You know. We also have to remember to come back to this and find that clock, the Commerce Jefferson clock. Do you yes. know where it is? I do not know. I would assume it's in Jefferson, but uh, uh, I'm worried about that thing. If it's has in anyone Jefferson. asked Mike Brown. No. Uh, I don't think so. I but I, I mean Jefferson was the last it. one to win, so technically it probably should be over there. We will have to do a deep dive into this. We we will do a deep dive. We'll have to.
2: We'll an in investigative series. Maybe under the cover of darkness. Across the river.
0: I've been in across the river. <laughs> around, around the bridge. But anyways, this is uh this has been a this has been a long, strange trip on this podcast. Thanks for uh, as they all should be. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, any Anything I'm missing? Again, I almost signed us off way prematurely. So is anything I'm missing again? Anybody want last thoughts? Oh, wow. Not that I know It's been of... a good night. Shout, hey, shout
3: out to the Crickets, my favorite co-host. Gosh, they're such good co-hosts. Indeed. We'll
0: catch you next time.
3: What do the